Hey guys, Ethan Fager from Double FM Sports. Uh, right now we're going to play a little sponsored segment from our good buddies at Anchor, so check that out. Hello everyone and welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Todd File. And I'm J.R. Miserak. And today we have Tanya Brown with us for an interview. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, so I guess we'll just start right in on the questions here. Um, you know, we know that you played sports for Mechanicsburg Area Senior High. Um, can you just give us a little rundown of what sports you played at Mechanicsburg? Yeah, sure. Um, in middle school, we played uh, volleyball, and then I didn't continue that into the high school because we played field hockey, uh, basketball, and softball. Uh, so all three sports for four years. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Um, so, you know, you just said you played three sports during high school, which not a lot of athletes did or did and or do. Did you have a favorite out of those three? Um, my favorite was whatever season we were in was my favorite sport. <laughs> um, and then in the summer, I forgot we played summer softball um, with the town nice. league. So, you know, we just continued to play year round, whatever sport it was that time for. And if you would ask me, um, but I did go play college basketball, as you know, yeah. for Messiah College, um, now university. So when it got down to college time and you had to pick, I did pick basketball. So it, it's funny. That actually was our next question. That leads really well into there. Yep. Um, so you said that you ended up playing college basketball at Messiah. Um, so what made you choose Messiah? Uh, my mom had actually worked there for 25 plus years, so wow. I got a... A deep discount, but mm -hmm. the, I could have used that deep discount to go to anybody, uh, any school within the consortium um, at that time. But I did choose Messiah because of the uh, women's basketball coach at that point in time had been, quote, recruiting me, if that's what you want to call it. Back yeah. then, there wasn't really a recruitment process, right. but I had a personal relationship with her. So I decided that's where I really wanted to go. Uh, so, you know, you played three sports in high school, which is a tough workload put, like, with your, you know, homework and your schoolwork, and then you played in college, which, again, when you're a college athlete, you got a big workload plus practice. How did you balance that sports life with your academic life? Um, I can really say that I was pretty disciplined in the aspect that um, my schooling really came first, mm. and I wasn't much of a... A person in regards to watching TV or um, didn't have any other hobbies. Uh, now I would say that I do have other hobbies, you know, being outside of sports uh, with, you know, skiing and hiking and that kind of thing. But back then I didn't have any of those because all my time was geared towards sports or towards school, and that was pretty much it. Gotcha. So, I mean, we, we've talked repeatedly about you being a three-sport athlete and obviously that crams your schedule a lot but is there a sport that you wished you had participated in but weren't able to well we got to play softball in the summer so that filled that niche um maybe volleyball but that was during field hockey so i had to choose between those two right. um but i really chose field hockey because of my friendships with my uh, girls in my neighborhood that we played together now and when I went to college um, it was possible at that point in time to play two college sports you didn't really need to be you know 
towed into one back then. Um, and the the high or the uh, Messiah College field hockey coach Jan Trapp, known nationally, constantly was asking me if I wanted to play field hockey. <laughs> but then I decided that that wasn't the best uh, opportunity for me because of the workload of college. So I felt I really couldn't do it because of the workload that you're so talking about. Do I have a regret now? I do. It's the, probably the only regret I really have in my entire yeah. life is that I didn't play college field hockey. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad Jean kept trace, trying to track me down to play, um, but now it's made re me actually regret that I didn't play. All right, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about your athletic career on the side of a player, but now you are the head coach of the field hockey team and you also coach basketball. What got you into coaching? Um, 1986, I was graduating from Messiah and, um, Camp Hill middle school needed a basketball coach and Jim Campbell, who was a good friend of mine was the head basketball coach for eighth grade. And, um, he just knew me through Messiah college camps and he, he kind of kept bugging me to come coach with him. And I coached that first season with him when I came out of college, and I've never looked back. I've coached every season since 1986. It might not, might not always be at the high school level. Um, it might be at the middle school level. Or I even coached, um, like, youth basketball uh, when my son was little, and I kind of, like, took a break at some point in time. Um, so I've never gone a season since 1986 of not coaching some sport. Mm -hmm. So we've mentioned basketball, we've mentioned field hockey. Are there any other sports that you've coached? Um, nope, not that I can think of. All right. All right, so, I mean, we talked a little bit about what you coach, but would you say that there's a certain way how you coach, like a coaching style that you have? Um, my high school hockey team would tell you that I have one basic rule and not many rules, and that is the fact that we live by the intangibles. There are 10 things that every player that comes to practice that they can do, and I am not going to go through those 10 things but they're intangible and none of them require talent. It's all about effort, you know, um, that they're going to arrive one time and be ready to practice. They're going to be prepared. They're going to have everything with them ready to go. They're going to give 100% when they're on the field. They're going to be coachable. They're going to be detailed-oriented. They're going to pay attention. They're going to have good body language. They're going to lead by example. Everything that requires no skill, you can come to any of my practices, and as long as you give 100% and you try the best that you can do, you'll be fine on any one of my teams. It reminds me of something at our high school that just from an administrative level, we always talk about doing the little things. And to me, that sounds a lot like what you're saying is, do the things that you have control over 
so that the things you don't have control over will fall into place. Exactly. That's an excellent way of putting it. Um, all those little things do add up. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the game, it might come down to, you know, if we inserted the ball well enough on a corner, if we win or not. So every motion that you take is, is demanding and means something. So if you pay attention to details, it will come out okay in the end. So, again, we, it feels almost like we're kind of harping on it, but we, um, we keep talking about you coaching, and obviously you've been doing it for so long, you said since 1986. Um, what do you love about coaching? Why do you keep coming back every year? <laughs> um, I love being with the student athletes. Um, they give me a, a sense of hope for the future. Mm -hmm. um, a sense of belonging in the community of Wildcats. Um, I love to teach lifelong lessons as I, you know, think about the people that have gone before me. You know, Rich Lichtel was a great mentor of mine. My college coach, um, Nancy Funk, was a great mentor of mine. And I constantly try to think about the things that they taught me and how much I learned from coaches outside of the classroom um, that are valuable in your everyday life. And I try to teach those types of things on and off the field as well. So especially with the COVID-19 pandemic that we're in, things are obviously different for all the athletes. Do you have any advice for, you know, your athletes or even athletes that might be listening to this about recruiting? Um, yes, I truly believe, and I've told my seniors that are on my team that I truly believe that they have to have faith that they're going to end up at the right place and that the right coach is going to find them regardless of COVID. Now, granted, you have to take some responsibility and, you know, get some game tapes to them, communicate effectively um, via emails, phone calls if you're allowed. Um, but I truly believe that if you're, if you're good enough, the coaches are going to find you. And they're in a really tough place right now trying to find their depth chart as well. So you have to be, give them the grace that is needed for them to make the decisions that they need to make as well. Um, not that you need to be harping on them, but you just need to give them time. So again, coming back to you playing multiple sports in your career. Um, what is your opinion and even your advice to athletes that might be thinking about becoming a dual sport athlete or even like you a three sport athlete? Mm -hmm. So it is very difficult nowadays to be a dual, dual sport athlete. I think that that is something that has to be discussed with both coaches of where you might want to go. Um, but it is viable uh, depending on if you're going to a small school, a big school, and what division that you're going to play in. Um, I think it's more valuable that you really research the school and make sure that it's the right fit for you academically and that when you come out of school, you're going to be a valuable product to whatever it is professionally that you want to do. Um, and then from there, you can make the appropriate decisions based on you know what sport it is that you want to play. So just a couple of days ago, I read an article from a few years ago 
that you referred to when you were growing up, there wasn't many, you know, clubs, sports, or just sports in general, like programs for girls. How has this changed throughout the year? Hmm. That's a huge loaded question. Um, <laughs> when I was growing up, we didn't have any, quote, club sports or AAU sports. Um, we had to find our own to go play against. So we would load up in the car and we would go to Reservoir Park in Harrisburg or we, you know, travel to Hanover to the playground because we knew those were the hot spots to go play mm -hmm. basketball. Nowadays, the girls that I'm coaching have choices on which club team they want to play on. And if they don't have a great experience, they can go find a new club the very next day yeah. and get the same satisfaction of being involved um, in, a, in a club locally here in your back door. Um, so the ability to re redefine your skills is amazing. And, and the level of play has developed greatly because of these AAU and club sports. Um, so it's a beneficial and um, but for some students that don't have the financial means of going to play a club, it can be detrimental as well. Mm. Um, so because they do have to learn how to practice in their in their backyard and and take those skills that other ones are being developed elsewhere and and formulate into um, high school athletics, which is um, very competitive now, as you both know. So it has changed greatly. Sometimes I like to think back to the way I was brought up and I wish that kids had that opportunity as well mm. because I got to know a lot of different kids right here in central Pennsylvania just by going to the playground. Now, with this COVID, it is nice to be driving around and seeing that our basketball courts and our tennis courts and volleyball courts are full again right. um, with people having to develop their own recreational pursuits. So I think you really hit the nail on the head of our next question about, um, you know, how girls sports, especially at the high school level, has really developed in the past couple of decades. Um, and how, I mean, you're right, how competitive it has gotten. Mm -hmm. um, there's so many different choices now. Um, like you were saying, is mm -hmm. where to go from club to club. Um, why Why do you think that is? Why do you think that kind of, I guess, paradigm shift occurred? I think a lot of it has to do with financial gain of some of these clubs, number one. Um, it is a moneymaker. Uh, so some of them are popping up clearly to make money. Now there are, there are many that it, that's not the reason. But it's competitive because of that. Um, I can tell you right now, my daughter played on a team that it wasn't very expensive and her coach was a high school coach out of, um, York. And it was one of the best experiences of her life that didn't have to be expensive. And she right. still got the ability to play at a high level. Um, as far as, um, if you don't play in a club, it is, it is, very, you have to be very disciplined to get the skills needed um, to play at the college level right now. So you have to be disciplined and put the time forth if you're not going to be on a club team. Now, I can tell you, you can play multiple sports 
and still go to college and play a sport at a high level. Um, it, it isn't being seen as that by some of the parents and some of the girls that I coach, but I know that it can happen. And um, you hear lots of stories about college coaches that are looking for multi-sport athletes. And a lot of it has to do with them being mentally ready to go, mm -hmm. that they are not um, so drained and being pushed in one avenue of one sport, but instead using, if you want to use cross-training as the key word, as they're cross-trained across multiple sports. All right, so wrapping up, you mentioned before that you know, there are people that don't have the financial means to go, you know, put money into these big clubs and play club sports. Do you think that there are additional steps that need to be taken that could help those kids that maybe don't have the opportunity that others do? Yeah, that comes right down my alley that I'm the recreation director. And I truly believe that we need to offer as many programs as we can for high school and middle school students to redefine their skills that are not very expensive, you know, that, and then we also, if they're run through our department, we have a youth scholarship fund that the Wildcat Foundation and Operation Wildcat, as well as members of our community, so generously give to. So then that way, if it's part of our recreation program, then they can apply for these scholarships. So I think it's a responsibility of recreation departments um, across Pennsylvania to be offering as much as they can recreationally for students that need to be able to redefine their skills. And it might only be an open gym with one coach, but it's still the opportunity to be in the gym and working on their skills. And it's also our responsibility as coaches. And almost all of our coaches in Mechanicsburg do this. We do offer off-season training and, um, like, and skills, you know. Um, as soon as I'm available, as soon as it's available, I will get gym time for our field hockey team in deep winter so that they can keep their stick skills up. So if a, if a girl doesn't get to play in a club, then I have already offered open gyms. And then in the summer we play, you know, league games, um, recreational league games. And in basketball, we do the same thing. We get in leagues, we take them to summer camp. So I we're blessed here in Mechanicsburg to have the coaches that we do that put in the extra time. Mm -hmm. And I think that will continue to help our girls develop being competitive and being able to go to the next level in which we have a lot of those girls that have gone on to play at the next level in basketball, field hockey, soccer, swimming. I mean, you name it. It's really, really, really changed. Um, since I was an athlete and every year it seems to be more competitive that more student athletes here in Mechanicsburg are going on to play at a higher level. That's awesome. So um, that wraps up our, our interview. Thank you again for joining us today. Um, yeah, that's about all we have. So until next time, I'm Todd File. And I'm Jared Miserak. And we are signing off.